We got it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Embodied CEO, day two. Okay, giving everyone a little bit of time to connect. Hi, Priya. First Zoom together, which is very exciting. Um, I know I've got people on the Facebook group. I know I'll have people in, in the Zoom room, but I want to extend a warm welcome to our new The School of IH member, Priya. You guys will have seen, I've just tagged her in the school, um, and I'm sure you'll be buddied up getting to know everybody really soon. But I'm going to dive in today pretty fast and straight away because we got shit to talk about. <laughs> today's session is important. As I was writing today's session, I would say this is the number one thing that actually blocks people from creating a life that they want. And I know I say this to various things, but this is really, really important. So as always for the embodied CEO, this is going to work as much as you can get really, really honest and really, really real with yourself. Okay. I'm going to share the screen now so that we can begin. And I'm just going to give you a quick bird's eye view of what we're going to be doing for today. So for today, we're going to be doing boundaries. Okay. And we're going to be doing hypnotherapy. The next bit of the session will be just over an hour. Hypnotherapy will be 45 minutes. Correct, Tam Tam? Roughly. Tam will be guiding the hypnotherapy. Uh, recommendations. Uh, whether you're watching this now, whether you're watching this in the replay, whether you're in the Zoom room, whether you're on the, the Facebook group, make sure you've got a cozy place for hypnotherapy, okay? You can do that whilst I'm speaking for the first hour, okay? For the first hour, I'm teaching. It doesn't matter if you're listening to me going on a walk. It doesn't matter. You know, we don't have all of these big rules of like, you've got to be sat at the desk dressed like you're going to the office. Like, you do you, <laughs> okay? But for the hypnotherapy, we want to be in a safe space, a quiet space, a space that we can get comfy. Tam, is there anything that you want to share on that? Just so people that can prepare. Oh, and Tam says no driving. Just the driving. So if you're thinking about listening to this later date on the podcast or while you're pottering around the house, it is, well, there's no driving. That's just the non-negotiable. Um, but yeah, like exactly like Hannah said, um, a safe, comfortable space where you're not going to be disturbed. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. So now you've, you've, that's pretty much all you need to know for today's session. Just like yesterday, this will be popped on the podcast. Uh, at the moment, Adam's rhythm is the day. So you've got already yesterday's popped on the podcast. It's on the recording in the Facebook group. And you'll get the podcast link um, probably this evening with today's session there as well because I, I've said this a trillion times, but it proves my point on repetition. The more times that we listen to something, the more opportunities we've got to fully integrate it, okay? This course, for those of you guys in the school, is lifelong, okay? So welcome to day two of the Embodied CEO. I've just shared this. We're gonna be doing boundaries and then we're gonna be doing hypnotherapy, okay? So let's dive into boundaries in business, okay? We're gonna start with the problem. And again, just like I spoke to yesterday, listen to this as if I'm speaking to only you about you, okay? Listen to this as if this was me speaking to only you. 
And as I speak to this, ask yourself, where is this showing up for me? Is this showing up for me? And we know that the healer and the leader is all about self-inquiry. So it begins even as we listen to this session. Hi, Sandra, darling. The problem with boundaries. The problem that arises for many of us in our love life, in our business, in our family life because these are gonna be the three main places that this shows up, is that we have been taught that love and service means appeasing others so that you are liked. Love and service means always saying yes. Love and service means disappointing yourself in order to please. Love and service means sacrifice. The mother archetype that many of us have been taught, which is the ultimate nurturing mother, is the mother that is selfless, right? That gives and does and puts everyone in front of themselves. And that that's love. We have distortions and confusions on compassion and empathy. We think compassion and empathy is that you're feeling a big emotion, so... I can't be happy near you. I've got to feel your big emotion with you. We've been taught that love is rescuing instead of coaching someone to find their power. I just want you to think in your mind for a second and if you feel comfortable sharing, sharing in the chat, where does this show up for you? Where do you rescue instead of empower others? Where do you say yes to others instead of saying yes to yourself? Where do you chronically disappoint yourself because you want other people to like you? Where do you want to be seen as selfless instead of selfish? Where does the need to be compassionate towards others get in front of you being authentic with yourself? And really ask yourself this. And again, if you want to share in the comment section, I've got the chat on the Facebook group and the Zoom so I can see both conversations. Where does this show up for you? Now, as I was writing this, I thought to myself, these places, this is going to show up in three places work with your family in your romantic life, maybe with friendships. The chances are once we have a pattern in one place, it shows up in all of the places. And what we tend to do is we tend to blame the other people. My clients this, my partner that, my boss this, my friends that. But ultimately, we are responsible for treating ourselves, for showing people how we want to be treated. Yeah. Priya says, in my last romantic relationship, for sure. Yeah. This is going to be really good for you, Priya. Um, after the romantic relationship, to look at this stuff within you 
So the next relationship has changed the pattern and I'm excited for that journey for you. Sandra says, for me, definitely my relationship with my boyfriend and also at work, yeah. What I want you guys to know is that everything above that I've just described is codependency. But we think codependency or the way that it's being spoken about on social media is that codependency is, oh, I can't ever be separate to my partner. And so we go, oh, but I can be independent. I'm not codependent. But we don't actually understand what codependency is. Codependency is needing to be liked. Codependency is needing to be seen as the good girl and sacrificing self. Codependency is putting other people's emotions in front of ourselves. Codependency is overfeeling other people's emotions and not being able to create boundaries between yourself and the other person's emotional world. All of these things are codependency. And if you want to dive more into the codependent dynamics that we teach in the drama triangle, that's the work in love and money, okay? That's also, there's many workshops on that, Dancing with Drama. If you want to dive more into codependency, ask Tamsin to tag you in the places and we can tag you in those recordings because there's a whole breadth of work on that that's not for today. But what we have to understand is what many of us have been taught and raised to believe that love and service is in our childhood is actually unhealthy codependency. And codependency has a cost. Codependency can cost you love, real love. Codependency can cost you your goals. Codependency can cost you your energy, your health. It's one of the fundamental patterns that sabotages people's growth. And I know I'm going in hard. You're like, day two, Han? Usually we're having a laugh, but Han's like, codependency. Oh, but I want to get really serious about this because it's so important. It's so important because what are the reasons that you guys signed up for this course? What's the reasons that you guys signed up for the school? What are the reasons that you guys signed up for the mastermind or the certification? It's because you want to have big, beautiful lives. And each person in this school's definition of a big, beautiful life is going to be different, right? But this is the stuff that stops us, okay? What's the problem with codependency? What is the problem of putting other people in front of yourself? What is the problem of putting, you know, the person next to you's gas mask on before yours? Is that it leads to a life of being over extended in the name of service in the name of success and so or in the name of love so the great irony is the people that live very codependent overextended lives on a social and moral level very often get praised right oh you're such a good girl in the family you know in the relationship i just love it how you do everything for me you know, with your clients as the coach, your clients are like, I just love that you've got no boundaries because I can shit all over you and you, you, you're still happy, right? You never say no to me. You never have a boundary. There's nothing for me to be upset about. So it's glorified, right? The mom that can always do everything for her kids and the family kids, 
it's glorified. The superwoman, woman, it's glorified. But what happens when we live overextended lives? Firstly, we're a magnet for people that will take advantage. That's part of the dynamic. So if we're vibrating in codependency, don't be surprised if you attract people that leech onto that in love, in business. But when we're overextended, it leads to living in capacity, right? I literally have no time for myself. This is what people say. And then they blame work and they blame other people, but it's not. It's your lack of boundaries, right? So when we live at capacity emotionally, that means that we've not given space to process our own emotions and we're full up of others' emotions, right? It's like you're a glass of water and you're filled to the brim. The smallest thing that happens, it's all going to fly out. You're at capacity, which is your responsibility, right? In a business sense, if your diary is so full, that you literally can't fit in another client, if your diary is so full that you can't look after yourself, how is your business going to grow? Energy-wise, if you're working at such a level of capacity, you have no more energy to give, unconsciously you're going to sabotage yourself from receiving more money, meeting a partner of your dreams, having the next influx of clients, because unconsciously you know that you can't cope with more. Spiritually, how do we have a relationship with ourselves and God if our lives are too full? And is it actually the fullness that is at root cause? No, it's you and it's me. Because we're not saying no. Because we don't have boundaries. And so what's really interested on a financial level is a lot of people cap their financial growth because they haven't worked on their capacity for more. They haven't worked on their no. They haven't worked on their boundaries. So one of the big things that we want to think about in business, wealth, growth, love is how can I create the capacity for more? How can I unfill my life so that more can come through? And this can be as subtle as saying no to meeting your friends for one evening because you know that your priority is to sleep. It can be as simple as telling your partner on Friday, you need a day alone, even though it might hurt his feelings because he wants to see you, but you know that you need that. So you can connect to yourself. It might be in business, having clean boundaries with your clients. So they know that you're not contactable at all times. Drained people perform less optimally. Vitalized, happy people do better at whatever they're doing. So can we see the importance of this? Okay. Can we see the problem at hand? Okay, I've written a definition of codependency here because I really want to get in, 
get this into our bodies and understand this. Codependency defined by Google, because you know I love a Google definition, is an unhealthy dependence on relationships. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship, to avoid the feeling of abandonment. There's an extreme need for approval and recognition, a sense of guilt when asserting themselves, and a compelling need to control others. Codependency has been one of my biggest things that I've had to work through in every area of my life. And this is why I'm so excited to teach this. It's not like, oh, you guys are bad. It's like, guys, we get to do this journey together. And maybe I'm a little bit further along, you know? So I'm going to repeat that again so we can get that. So you can really self-inquire. Where can I see this in my life? An unhealthy dependence on relationships. Okay, what does that mean? You hold more important other people's opinion on you than your opinion on yourself. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid the feeling of abandonment. In business, what does this look like? Not setting boundaries with your clients because you don't want them to be upset with you. In love, what does this look like? Not setting boundaries with your partner because you're worried that they will no longer want to be with you. What does this look like in family? Being worried to set boundaries with a parent that maybe is distributing behavior that's unhealthy for you because you're worried that they're going to reject you. So it's an extreme need of approval and recognition. In other words, an extreme need to be liked and you choose to say the right things to be liked instead of saying the truth. You choose to do the thing that creates harmony instead of the thing that actually serves you and maybe the collective goal and common good. This is a big one, guys. A sense of guilt when asserting themselves. So guilt when there is a no. Guilt when there is a boundary. And asserting themselves isn't this stone angry wall. It might just be, I'm sorry, actually, I, I can't do that that day. Or I'm sorry, actually, I don't respond after 8 p.m. Now, this is the really interesting part of a compelling need to control others, of kind of codependency, because codependent people often look like good people. You know, the martyr, the savior, the rescuer, they do so much for everybody. But why are they doing it? What is this sense of control? They need to control people into liking them. So they do everything possible. They never run the risk of not being liked. This ultimately, even though it might appear good, is manipulation. And so some people that might be branded a bit more of a wild card or less good are actually people that are being more authentic. There's an interesting thing that said is sometimes we can trust those that say the truth, even if we don't like it, right? over those who are always pleasing, but you don't actually know where you stand. We're at a really exciting time, and this is what I want to speak to. And actually, you guys remember when I hired Tamsin, I've shared this story with you. When I met Tamsin, just after I invited her to a women's circle that I was doing my business at that time, I didn't have the school of IH, I was just doing some women's circles and one-to-one coaching. And I invited her to a women's circle, and I called her up and I said, Tamsin, what do you think? And she said, do you want me to be honest? I was like, of course. She's like, I could have done a better job. 
that made me respect her because I thought this woman's going to tell me the truth. And we want people around us that tell us the truth. We're learning this at a really exciting time on a planetary level because we are learning to create communities right now that are not codependent, that are not enmeshed. What does enmeshed mean? An enmeshment is a description of a relationship, right? Where personal boundaries are permeable and unclear. A lot of us have relationships with unclear boundaries because we never learned that we were allowed to communicate them. And that's what we're gonna to come to today, right? We're learning to create communities where the priority is the individual and the collective, okay? We're learning to create communities that are based on things like authenticity, healthy boundaries, and there is a mutual respect for the individual and the common goal. The school of IH for me is a depiction of this, right? I take care of myself and the clients. There is a common the school of IH goal, but I also look after my well-being. But it hasn't always been this way. It's been very challenging for me to put myself and my needs as important as the business needs. And that's come from this pattern of codependency. So for healthy communities, right, it's actually an internal personal journey first. And that's the journey that we get to go on in the embodied CEO. So codependency, like I've mentioned, is the root cause for many glass ceilings in finances, in wealth, in all of these things, right? People are so stretched in every which way. How can they actually even do well in one thing? Businesses that are emotional, energetic, and physical capacity cannot grow, right? Even if they want more clients, they won't. Many people that have spent their whole life operating at capacity, right, don't even know that there's another way. It feels like they're, they're normal. So they don't know how to, to, to lower the capacity or increase the capacity so they can have more. And so these are ways that I want you guys to self-reflect, that you might be operating at capacity that's actually sabotaging you in the long run. Firstly, do you have boundaries with your one-to-one -one clients, right? Can your one-to-one -one clients message you at every single day? I'm going to share some of my personal boundaries as we go through this. And, you know, if you feel judgment coming up towards my boundaries, it's an opportunity like we talked about yesterday. Can you self-inquire? Can you see, oh, I wonder, is it because I don't think I'm allowed to have that boundary? What is it in me that's triggered? Because sometimes, right? When we struggle with boundaries, we're not just triggered by setting the boundary ourselves, but we're triggered by people that are firm in their boundaries because we don't believe that we can do it for ourselves. So we've got to judge them. So this can be really interesting for you guys to self-reflect of where am I not holding boundaries and where am I judging those that do? So a way that you can be capping your income and not just income, because this isn't just about income. I know a lot of you guys that are watching this now or on the replay in the future, you guys don't just have income goals, you have impact goals. How can you reach the thousands, the millions, the masses, when you're exhausted reaching one, two, 10, 12, 11? So it can cap our income, it can cap our impact, it can cap our purpose, it can cap our joy, our life. 
So boundaries with your one-to-one clients. I want to give you an example. My one-to-one clients know that there are only certain days and certain times that I am in the audio coaching. It's not that you can message me at two in the morning and I'm going to be there. (laughs) I'm going to be sleeping, you know? I have boundaries with my clients in general. You guys know that there are things that you come to me for and you know that there are things that you come to Tamsin for. That's a boundary, okay? Not being available to be an emotioning dumping ground for your mates. There is a difference between before being a supportive ear, right? And every single time that your friend needs to vent, they call you. Boundary, okay? There are boundaries that we can set personally, your boundaries with your screen, your boundaries with your sleep time, right? If you're going to bed at four in the morning every night and waking up at 11, well, it's probably gonna be hard to build that productive business that you wanna build, right? Family boundaries. This one's been really challenging for me because when I started having boundaries in my family, I started being the bad one. (laughs) And I internalized that. You know, my grandma's got Alzheimer's and she got Alzheimer's after my mom died. And I had a very challenging conversation. You know, after being a caretaker for three years, I wasn't available to caretake people anymore. And when my dad said, I think you should go and look after Abuela, I said no. And my family went, where's our good girl gone? (laughs) I said, I have to have a life. And they don't get it. And they maybe still don't get it. But boundaries means that you don't take on those people's stories. I'm like, just because you believe that about me doesn't mean that it's true. And just because you're upset that I'm not going to caretake for another family member doesn't mean that I'm bad or wrong. Okay. Team boundaries. So we have someone on our team that no longer works, I think, Fridays and after a certain time. Shut off boundaries. This is a personal thing. This is something that I've notoriously struggled at. For example, Craig and I have um, an agreement that at 8 p.m. every single day we walk the two dogs because you can't one person walk two pit bulls. And the agreement is that that is presence time, right? I don't work weekends or I very rarely work weekends. I remember my first year of business, guys, I made 10K And I worked seven days a week for a year and I finished that year fucked, absolutely exhausted, kind of angry, kind of resentful. And I had a conversation with my father and he was like, you've worked weekends. That's why when I stopped working weekends, even though I was working less time, I started making more money because when I got to Monday, I was well rested. Part of my success has also been around boundaries. And this looks different for people. I'm an introvert and I'm going to speak from my introverted angle. Some of you guys are going to be extroverts and it's going to look very different for you. But for me, there's only so much social time that I can do without being depleted. And I'm not willing to do so much social time that when I get to Monday, I'm exhausted, right? Because it's my responsibility to be well rested for Monday because I'm running a business and teaching and doing all of these things for you guys. Okay. All of these things are internal boundaries. And so what I want you guys to see is that boundaries have been confused online. It seems to be about the other person, but it actually gets to be about us. And that's a really good thing because if it's about someone else, we can't control anyone else, but we can control ourselves. Okay. Your own time boundaries. Tam does Pilates in the mornings. I know that. 
because that's a need for her. And we get to have that in our lives too. So I want you guys to be thinking about where are you not shutting off and having boundaries about that and how is that affecting your success? Time boundaries, have you thought about it? Team boundaries, for those of you guys that have got team, family boundaries, screen boundaries, emotional boundaries, right? Client boundaries. Where do we maybe have them internally, but we've not communicated them and we're annoyed at the other person not respecting them, but we've not even had a conversation. So how can they know? For us to actually be able to set boundaries and step out of codependency, it's actually letting go of an archetype. If you're a woman, it's letting go of the good girl and needing to be seen as good and moral and ethical. Because here's the thing about morality and ethicalness. Uh, you'll get used to my non-English when I don't know the word, is that morality and ethics is subjective. And so this is going to look different. And right now we're in a bit of boom of people going, that's not moral, that's not ethical. And they're being kind of like the, what, what do people call it? Like the, the, I don't know, the ethics police. And they go, you're not an integrity. But the problem with this is that integrity, morality, and ethics depends on someone's worldview, which depends on someone's belief system. And I've given this to you guys as an example before. For some people, their belief system is that having a lot of money and making a lot of money makes you immoral. So by belief system, when they look at me and my lifestyle, I am now bad. I am not moral because I make money. Some people believe, right? That being business focused means that you have to be unethical. So when they look at me, they're going to see that on me. They're going to project that on me. But has that got anything to do with my morality? Has that got anything to do with my ethics? I believe as I rise in wealth, I rise in integrity. As I rise in wealth, I believe in morality. As I rise in wealth, I, my ethics improve and I'm an even better person. And I do even more good in the world. So for me, that isn't true. But I need to be okay with someone else seeing me as a bad girl. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And for those of you guys that have stuff around money and ethics, that's a really beautiful affirmation to work with because what that's going to encourage you to do is as you increase your wealth, to think about what's the most beautiful way on a planetary and personal level that I can do this, okay? Because remember, our, our beliefs are the precursor of behavior. Belief comes first, behavior changes, right? Too many of us want to just change behavior without changing belief, but that's not how the human being works. So for women, it's the nice girl. For men, sorry, the good girl. For men, it's the nice guy, right? The nice guy. And, you know, you see this a lot in men's work, um, in the men's polarity space, in, in relationship space. The nice guy is the, the guy that says yes to everything. The yes man, okay? And that the woman actually ultimately, obviously in, in a heteronormative relationship, the woman ultimately loses sexual desire because the guy is just saying yes to her, okay? The nice guy is the boy that was brought up to be the good boy. But the problem is when we're brought up to be the good girl, the good boy, the nice guy, whatever you want to call it, 
is that we're sacrificing authenticity in order to be liked. And we've learned in our childhood that we have to sacrifice who we are at our core to be fit in, to sorry, to fit in and to have love. And so sometimes stepping out of these archetypes can bring up so much childhood wounding and fear for us because it really feels like, God, if I do this, I'm going to be rejected. What if I'm rejected? What if I'm not loved? What if I lose love? And that can feel like a really big threat. We're going to do a process for that today. So how do we heal these archetypes? And you guys have the PDFs for life and you can listen to this as many times as you want. We need to let go of needing to be good, seen as good in the situation, okay? Because when we need to be seen as good, we will sacrifice our truth. We will sacrifice, you know, ultimately authenticity to be liked, okay? And so how do we heal? We have to choose situation by situation, right? This is a thing that we have to practice. Authenticity ever being liked, which is shadow work. If you guys want to be chat tagged in the shadow work uh, workshops, we also have that if you're part of the school of IH. We also have to come to terms with the pain of rejection and abandonment that we may have felt in our childhood. If we've got wounds or stuck emotions around rejection and abandonment from our childhood, right? Or we feel that we were naughty in our childhood or we had any of these stories, what we might do is try and do everything, right? So those things aren't activated. So if we can actually practice feeling the pain of rejection and abandonment and not running away, it stops having control over us. We want to practice asserting ourselves. Now, for those of us that have not had boundaries and have not respected our needs for a lifetime, when we start asserting ourselves, what people tend to do is they tend to come in like the angry warrior. And that's not it. It's like that's an overcorrect. It's like I've been a people pleaser my whole life. Now I'm going to be an asshole. Like, you know, sometimes we might need to swing that pendulum, but it's but asserting yourself is not about dominating. It's not about being an asshole. It's not about being a bitch. It's about speaking your truth. And that can be gentle. That can be kind, right? We heal these archetypes by practicing communicating our needs and knowing that they're important too. We practice letting go of these archetypes by doing our inner child healing, right? And that's why yesterday's process and practice was so important because every time you guys get triggered around boundaries, you know, whether you've got to set a boundary or whether someone hasn't respected a boundary, go and do an inner child process because what's going to come up is going to blow your mind and you're going to see, oh my God, this has only triggered me because there's a wound here to heal, right? Now, it's not just about our boundaries because very often we get into this work, right? And it's like, oh, it's about me, 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 me. But it's like, it's not just about our boundaries. It's like, can I respect someone else's? Can I respect someone else's authenticity? Can I respect someone else's opinion? Can I expect respect someone else's self-expression, right? And someone else's truth and opinion and self-expression might be that they don't like you. And it's not about changing their viewpoint to liking you. It's about accepting their truth and being okay with that and doing the work on anything that it triggers around us. This is why in the laws of leadership, I talked about, oh no, was it when I talked about, I think we did a live and I was called from, from baby to queen or something. You know, 
the baby doesn't respect boundaries. It's like, I want this and I want this. And when I don't get what I want, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be entitled and I'm going to villainize you and I'm going to be angry at you, right? The maturation is I respect someone else's no. This was a thing for me with Craig, you know? And I want to be really honest with you guys. When Craig, Craig is very solid in his boundaries. He does not flounder with them. It's a no and it's a no. And there's times where I'm like, I want to be like, but I want time with you. I want this. And he says no. And I'm like, and the baby is so triggered. I'm like, you know, my, my brain tells me, oh, I'm a woman. He should do this, right? And I have had to really call myself out. Hannah, you're being entitled. Hannah, your entitlement is withholding love between you both. So really see, you know, if we want others to respect our boundaries, yeah, princess to queen, thank you, Sandra. Um, we have to be able to respect others' authenticity. We have to be able to respect others' opinions and not need to control them, even if their opinions hurt us, even if their opinions are painful. It's part of respecting other people's autonomy. And this is, you know, when I said to you with the lady that blackmailed me, there was a journey for me going, okay, that's her truth. I don't allow that in my space. I'm a boundary. I don't tolerate that behavior in my space, but I don't need to change what she thinks. So we step out by allowing others to have their opinions. And their opinion might be that you're a poo. <laughs> and that's okay. Okay. The big thing here is that we have to focus on our self-healing, not changing other people's behavior. Okay. And that's what we're going to do now. So we're going to do a mini rejection clearing and we're going to do a mini, um, a mini process that you guys can do when you get triggered around boundaries as well. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Let me just share music. It's only going to be 10 minutes, okay? It's only going to be 10 minutes. So it's going to be super speedy Gonzalez, but it's going to be really potent. And this is going to be another tool in your tool belt, okay? And this is what I really want to do in the intensives. I want to make sure that you guys are equipped for life in multiple ways. Remember, it's baby entrepreneur to make it about the other person. It's always about you, not because you are to blame, not because you're a terrible human, but because the power is only in self-responsibility. Okay.